0: Hi, and welcome to Beyond Your Limits. Today, I'm going to talk about the chakras and the fascinating and largely misunderstood, well, and I could be largely misunderstood and way off too, but I'm going to talk about chakras and as much as I can tell you, I know. So chakra means wheel in Sanskrit, and it represents centers of energy in the body. Now, these are not necessarily physical centers. They're More or they're considered astral or in our subtle body. And technology, for example, you can't X ray a chakra, but just so you know, you know, it's although we're not quite there yet, there was a time when we didn't even know we could see an electron in a microscope and we didn't know how to detect radio waves at one time, let alone the quantum fields on a subatomic level. So our capacity sometimes to understand phenomenas are not fixed. And so I feel like we're constantly progressing towards a more full truth. And the truth about what I'm going to tell you could also change and we could get more information. But this is ancient knowledge that dates back to the Rig Veda at about 1500 BCE. And I think some of the oldest writings of our civilizations come from that, and I know that there are very different versions or similar versions of chakras that were incorporated into Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, and, and of course the New Age, you know, belief system. And, you know, everybody has a different idea of how many chakras there actually are. So some say that there are seven, some eight, some nine, some four, um, and some say that they don't even exist, which is fine too. But they are actually found in what we call our spiritual body. And the chakras go up and down the su- spine from the base of your spine to the crown of the head, right? And the crown of your head is positive. The base of your spine is um, negative. And what's most fascinating is that they each are about a step in evolving our consciousness, which I have always found really interesting. You know, you can get stuck in your chakras. You can hold energy there. Um, It's very interesting. But with a continual practice, something like, you know, meditation and yoga or service and study and contemplation, you move to the next center. So the first chakra is at the base of the spine and it is associated with the color red. It doesn't mean that it's always going to be the color red. And it is the most primordial aspect of the human being. So it is about survival. And it is also about our, what we believe to be separate from each other. And so it's about number one. And the second chakra, which is called the sacral chakra, it's right above your genitals. It's plain and simple, the sex chakra, or that's what they call it, is orange in color most of the time, and you move from the first one to the second one like this. So we learn about survival, and then once you can take care of yourself, you can feed yourself, then you move into the sensuality of procreation. One is about survival, the next is about procreation. And Ram Dass put it, it was really cute, he said, if your first chakra is the jungle, the second chakra is Las Vegas. The third chakra is your solar plexus chakra. It is yellow in color, and it is right about the place where your, your stomach really is in your solar plexus. You know where that is. That's how we express ourselves. That's the health of our body. It's located near our digestive system, near food, but it also represents power and status. How you express yourself in society, what your place is in society, it is related to the ego, plain and simple. Some use prestige and they go from the third to the second to the first and back up and they stay there. And it's about power grabbing. Its altar is the ego. And that's okay. You need that here. Then we take the leap from the solar plexus to the heart. So your first three, they say, are ruled by ego. And then there's this massive, huge, big leap to the fourth chakra. And it comes about by seeing through the futility of the first three, the struggle, the desire, and power Now, it's important that we can take care of ourselves. It's important that we can procreate. And it's important to be able to shine your light in the world. And in the old Hindu depictions, there's typically a white light coming down on the top four and a gray line laterally across the three and the four. The bright light doesn't reach into the lower chakras. Those are ancient depictions, though. So they're talking about carnal. So the fourth jump is to the divine because it's your heart chakra and it is related to the color green and compassion is its word. So when you experience the unity of humanity and the feeling of joy in your heart that comes with being human, of all beings created together, it takes that separateness from the first three and it blurs the lines so that you realize that love is all pervading through all of humanity. And so the fourth chakra, for example, is Saint Teresa of Lisieux being of service to other people. because everyone is her family. She's the mystic. they are the faces of Christ. It's when we begin to see life, understanding of ourself, not us and them, but to us, to the true meaning of unity. And this is something that's extremely profound. Because when you get there, all you can think about is shining your light. When you find that love inside your heart, you want to share it. And the fifth, sixth, and the seventh are so much brighter than this one. So the fifth chakra is the throat chakra, and it's it's located in the throat, and it is associated with the color blue, and it's about communication. Now, this is where you make an even more significant leap. You lose your sense of self. And you become a clearer vessel for communicating higher information when you have that fourth chakra open. And it is very applicable to creativity, speaking words into existence, or speaking and using words to speak into existence. It's about being creative and expressive in a truth that you learn from your fourth chakra, from your heart. It's the feeling essence that comes through your throat. Using compassion as it flows, the air flows over your tongue as you say the words. You are pure creative communication. Michelangelo was removing the stone around David. That's the fifth chakra. The sixth chakra is the third eye. And it's the chakra of divine sight. And it is associated with the color it's like an indigo purpley. It's not violet. It's indigo purpley. It's located between the eyebrows and the forehead. And this is where words become inadequate at explaining the oneness. When you go beyond form, it's about the formless, it's about not being able to use words anymore. And for those of us who have had experiences that are so profoundly spiritual, that we don't and can't find the right words, and even if we did, we wouldn't want to speak them. That's the third eye chakra. You go beyond karma, and you find a heightened sense of peace because you now have the mind under control. So it's an all-knowing. The third eye is all that is. It's intuition, it's visualization, it's thoughts that come from someplace so divine. The seventh chakra is the Himalayas. It's the crown, the thousand-petaled lotus. And it hovers slightly above your head. And it opens like a thousand-petaled lotus to let the divine light go through all the way down the chakra system with it, they call it the Shumna. And when your consciousness makes it up to the seventh, there's just pure awareness. There's no object, no subject. You can't conceptualize it. You don't want to con- conceptualize it. You realize you're not your body. You realize there's just an isness. And the chains that you break are the liberation and the cycles of birth and death. And you enter into a different feeling of joy. So the Shishumna is also called the the central channel, or it's called the divine road that goes up and down the spine. And this is the pathway that the energy travels. And with Meditation and yoga practice and moving the energy of the channel, which is physically tangible, by the way, this is what kundalini yoga focuses on. You you use your deep meditative breathing, which they called pranayama. You don't have to use these words. And then they also use asanas, which are the postures. You move energy from the first chakra at the base of the spine to the seventh to the crown. And this is where it gets interesting because many people will say, well, yeah, but there's about 12 more above your crown. Okay, great. And there's more down in the ground and there's minor chakras is, is I'm going to do a series on this with my cousin, Paula, that are all over your body. And when she does healings on me, she scans my body. And I, I mean, I am amazed at how right she is. If you guys want a healing, please contact me, um, through email and I can connect you. So this is where we get into what they call a kundalini experience or an awakening. It's a very transformative power. And it's very powerful and it leads you to heightened states of consciousness and bliss, but you've got to be ready for it. And there's so many of, I mean, there's lecturers I know that have reached this. There's Theosophists, there's Swami Vivekananda, there's, you know, I could go on and on. But you have to be prepared. You have to have self-control and you have to keep your mind at a point of concentration and soon it'll get bigger and brighter and you will see and experience yourself as pure energy, pure light and the perceptions that you have every day about things that you worry about, you will not, you are connected to all. The worries fall away and you just know. It's about being in all directions. It's about being everything and nothing all at once. You see, the chakras are not just pretty colors. They're step forward in our consciousness. And we can use this by concentrating and focusing as a ladder to a fuller understanding of reality. And the Christian mystics, they don't follow a chakra system, and they still attain that state of bliss. So you don't have to, but many times we get really lost. And so the ancients have left us roadmaps to help us look at our subtle bodies, our etheric bodies, and pay attention to places that may be stuck where maybe the green heart chakra is actually sitting somewhere else in the body and your second orange chakra might be sitting somewhere else in the body. And these might be a natural way that you work. You have to be able to get into your system and just pay attention to the energy. You don't have to use chakras. You don't have to use yoga. but You do have to get control of your mind. Because even if you're practicing just prayer, you're focusing on God. And that is the key word. You have to stay focused. So we do a scan of our own body. And we look at where we're stuck. And if we can't do it, you can use and find trusted healers like my cousin Paula Sinero, who I trust. And who works weekly with the shamans. Is constantly refining her gift it works you can do it yourself but you have to be focused and your intention must be to let the outer world drop away and the things that are not important and the things that don't matter that get us caught up in the trivialities and become more mindful about love my dog was weighing in. Anyway, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope I didn't confuse you more with chakras and the energy centers in our bodies that we can focus on and become aware of where we're holding energy, where we need to open energy up or where we're blocked. Maybe we hold memories there. And if you focus and if you spin those chakras clockwise, You can begin to work with them and release energy, and you might want to spin them to the left really tightly and then unwind them so that it can release energy into the core of the earth. I'm going to start posting more meditations on my website that you'll be able to tap into and drop into to help you as you work through balancing your chakra systems. Thank you for listening and please make the world a better place.